Welcome into another edition of the Owen Show. I am Owen Burke here, joined by the very, the one, the only Tim Hunt. Wow, Welcome that's back, so Tim. kind, so kind. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. You counted down, and I forgot that I was the one doing the intro. So I was like, "Oh, wake up! Here we are." It is the Owen Burke. It show. is, yeah, it is showtime. That's what it is. So I'm ready to go. I know you're ready to go. So let's jump into the fan questions, and then we got a lot of football to talk about. I love, I love the script. I love what you do here, Tim. You are truly an artist. Try to keep us organized and, yeah. and on track here. You do a very, very good job. So our first fan question, we have two fan questions today. First one is going to be our only NBA question today. It comes from Austin P. in Virginia Beach, Virginia. His question is, what are our thoughts on the Ben Simmons situation and what is the best trade or and or team scenario for him going forward? Um, obviously he's had his issues at practice these last couple days. He's been, he got kicked out of practice yesterday on Tuesday. He didn't really look too involved in the videos we saw for Monday's practice. He got suspended a game today too. Yeah. So it's not looking up, which I mean, I knew it wasn't, everybody knew it was going to be rosy once he got back into town. It wasn't, it hasn't been all off season and the Sixers would have moved him already if their asking price wasn't for. I, the moon, astronomically uh, everything. High. I was going to try to put like a player that's worth that, but I'm like, I don't even know off the top of my head. Like their their original asking price from the Warriors, the leak deal that we saw was Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, and two first rounders, I believe. Yeah, it was two so, first rounders. Yeah. So number three overall in last year's draft, a former number one overall pick, and two future first rounders, which is insane. Like players that you would move that like that would be worth that deal are players that don't get dealt. Yeah, is I I've heard a couple of things from this. Is this is the first kind of NFL holdout style that we've seen in the NBA with the contracts and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't blame it all on Ben Simmons. So like Ben Simmons wanted a trade. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he wanted a trade. I don't. I think part of it's on Philadelphia. I, I think, 100% agree. I think they're putting more attention on it by suspending him, by letting all this. If he's just going to hold in, don't talk about him, don't acknowledge it, just kind of move on, let him collect his paychecks until you guys can move him. Just trade him. Yeah, like they've had the entire <coughs> offseason. And the maybe the breakup, yes, partially was on Ben Simmons. He's had his issues, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. Philly had the whole offseason to move him and get the drama out of the building. And it would be different if they were like, we'll take a second rounder and nobody called. That's not what happened. Yeah. You had multiple teams interested and you turned them away by asking for the most ridiculous things I've ever heard somebody ask. Like, way too much for them. Yeah. I have no idea what they're doing. So, as far as best team scenario, you need a team with a lot of shooters. That's why Golden State was at the top of the list when, when the reports came out originally. Yeah. Um, he can play power forward for Golden State too. So like, yeah. if they traded Draymond Green back in that package or something, that's like that. the only thing that didn't work was those two guys are basically the same player. Ben Simmons yeah. is just younger, taller, and more athletic. Other than that, they, they do the same things on the basketball court. So outside of that, I would say Atlanta, but I feel like John Collins isn't a great like John Collins would have to drastically improve his shooting. I mean, I think he'd be honestly a. a decent fit in the lakers scenario but i don't know if that would work cap wise i don't i don't think with russell westbrook there that would work super super well yeah but. it wouldn't work super well and i can't imagine the trade that they would put together it would have to be like Taylor horton tucker 
Um, they can't probably, even trade right now. Yeah, like there, there'd just be so many weird pieces that they have to try to move. I think for the Sixers, the best case scenario at this point is the Kings giving up Buddy Heald for you get Buddy Heald back and you get Ben Simmons and and some compensation and long yeah, long in I there as well. Get, I'd rather have De'Aaron Fox, but if I can get either okay. one of those guys in a pick or two, move it move on like, I, I think the best they're gonna hope for is a second i also think he would be really good in portland that's another fit that i kind so of enjoy fun. a lot i think with dame he wouldn't there wouldn't be a lot of pressure to like go out and score a ton he can be kind of who he is he can who be he a distributor is, yeah. when dame's not on the floor like that that, uh, that could work for me I, I definitely could see that working i think for for philly i think sacramento has to be at the top of the list because or I don't know how much the obviously the fit, but like New Orleans, those are my top two destinations because I know if I get a ton of picks back, those picks are not going to move. They right. will be lottery picks. Like it does not matter how talented those two teams are, they are not finished. They will not make the playoffs. I can guarantee you that. You know, it's a horrible fit that I love hmm. the Knicks. Yeah, it maybe not a horrible fit, but not maybe not a great, great fit either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's it's interesting though because you got to think of all the Knicks pieces that are contracts are going to be up after this year. Yeah, it's like it'd be really weird for the first year, but like Ben Simmons, you know, like some young pieces. Now free agency this year gets really interesting. He could be the first true superstar New York's had since Melo left. Since Melo left, yeah. I was also thinking about that today. I'm like, do we consider Ben Simmons a superstar? Is oh, absolutely. He, I think that, so. That yeah. Level? He's right on the cusp. There's definitely games where I'm like, you are not. You're I can't not remember guy. <laughs> who I heard this from, but somebody was saying in the NBA, you almost never trade four quarters for a dollar. And I think Ben Simmons is a dollar piece. Like, obviously, like LeBron, Kawhi, like those guys are like five bucks or five whatever. Five bucks, ten bucks, yeah. <clears throat> but, like, I think I think Ben Simmons is definitely more than a rot. He's more than, obviously, more than a rotational definitely guy. Definitely more than a rotational guy. More than just a starter. I think he is a, a star. I think you, yeah, like. Superstar, I'm like star 100 percent because you yeah. can't. He doesn't fall any below that for sure. But like that's another thing is like trying to define what is what is a whole nother situation. Yeah. So as far as best trade, whatever gets him out of Philly the quickest, that's the best. Yeah, which point. I think is Sacramento. Yeah, I think I would agree. I think any type of which I'm gonna laugh. My prediction is that they're gonna get they're gonna give up Marvin Bagley in a first. And I think Philly's going to get fleeced in that deal. Think I, so? I don't like Marvin Bagley that much. I feel like you're trading one drama queen for another. I don't think they get. I don't think. I think. I don't think Philly goes that low. That, that's also true with how high they've been asking. <laughs> but Marvin Bagley's had his whole contract negotiation. Issues. I think Philly's come to the point where if they got offered a secondary star, so if they got offered CJ McCollum, Buddy Heald, like if they got offered a piece like that, and then some. I think they would take they it would at that point. It, yeah, I think that's what they need at this point. Take a second, take Buddy Heald and take whoever the best role player from the Kings is that's not above 32 and a, years and old. And a first-round pick and, and then first, run. Yeah, and just call it good and get out of Dodge. So I like that question. That was good. Our second question is, who is the best team from the AFC and the NFC, and are the Ravens still contenders with all of their injury issues? This one comes from John C. in Athens, Georgia. So, another question. It's kind of tough because we are going to talk about this a little bit later. Um, we could definitely jump into the NFC. I don't think we talked yeah, too we much about it. I will tell you that the AFC will be answered in our hot and cold. So, right. if you want to hear your AFC and the talk about the Ravens, wait till hot and cold. I Pump the not, brakes. 
yeah, hot and cold, and the the very first one to pump the brakes. We'll talk about the AFC, the NFC. I think the answer is the Cardinals currently at being at six and zero. There's some mumblings that I've seen. Somebody, I think it was the NFL that posted like undefeated six and zero Cardinals, and I looked at the the comments and like the six of the top ten comments were like, "You remember when the Steelers were eleven and zero last year?" And I was right. Like, are we drawing this comparison? I feel like this is... They're very different. I do think it's a little too early to say the the favorites. Yeah. Because they, one, play in the NFC West, which is the hardest division in football. So the odds of them holding on to an undefeated record is slim to none. Yeah. Um, and we've never seen them do it. We haven't seen any postseason success out of this team. Yeah. Kyler Murray has taken another step in his third year, which is always what you like to see. The question is, is can can you do it when the pressure's on? Yeah, the thing that scares me the most about the Cardinals, honestly, is Cliff Kingsbury at this point. Because the whole contact with COVID situation just, just last week where he couldn't right. be at the game in week six is an issue. You are a head coach of an undefeated football team. You need to be at the game. Right. So I have no idea what the parameters of how he came in contact with someone, but... I feel like usually it's not your Tuesday office meeting watching film that that happens. Very rarely is your first postseason run the one that you get to the Super Bowl on. Very true. Yeah. Like, I think back to Lamar's... Not as a coach. As a coach or a quarterback, really. A quarter... Did Big Ben win in his rookie year? No, no. That wasn't his rookie year? No. Big Ben was drafted in, like, 2004. Yeah, they don't... That Super Bowl was, like, 2006. Okay, so it was close, but it definitely was, wasn't Yeah, yeah. Okay, but continue. It, yeah. Like, think about Lamar's first playoff stint. You know what I mean? They make it to rough. the wild card a little bit disappointed. Then the next year, they're a better team. But still rough. Still rough. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, most of the time, it takes a couple of games in the playoffs before before you see that success. Now, that's not always the case. There are teams like Philadelphia that one year. That was out of the blue. Took Nick Foles and yeah. went the whole way. And then yeah. they, they stunk the next couple of years coming up after that. So um, you kind of got to balance it. Of, of how you see that, but I don't I don't expect the Cardinals. I think if they make it to the NFC Championship game, that's a wildly successful season for that team. I honestly I th- I think Tampa Bay has still got to be the favorites at this point. Absolutely, nothing yeah. Cata- like nothing catastrophic has happened. If anything, they've gotten better. Antonio Brown has already almost eclipsed his receiving total from last year. I think he had 480 yards last year on the Bucks. He has 420 right now through six games. So that's a whole other dimension to the offense. They're five and one. They they have a ton of injuries. They're five and one, and Gronk has missed three of those wins. Yep. So like, and they have no one in their secondary, basically. Yeah, they're playing with Mike Edwards, who I didn't know existed before the year started. Yeah, I mean, he's they, all of a sudden been their starter for the last three games. They signed Sherman, and he played one game, and then got hurt. Yep. So I, the injury bug is definitely hitting. And they're still five and one, and yeah. they played some real teams on that. On that's, that, they haven't played the Jets, the Jags, and the Giants. That's for sure. Yeah. So, as far as the NFC goes, I think your top three is probably Tampa. I think the Rams are still up in contention. Correct, yep, I would agree. And probably the Cardinals have to be somewhat recognized as yeah. definitely contenders. Like I said, are they the favorites? Maybe not. Definitely got to be in the in the top five. It's, it's easy to always pick the team with the best record. Oh, 100%, yeah. That's, that's it's a lot easier to do it when it's week 17. Right, you know, like yeah, when they're, yeah. When they're 15-2, and two, you're like, okay, maybe... <laughs> Yes. So we'll I would I wouldn't I would hold your breath just a little bit on the Cardinals. Let's see what else they can do. Let's get in some close games, some bigger games yeah, and, and as and much see as I hate to mention go. them. Cowboys have looked decent. 
and you're never out of a game with Aaron Rodgers a quarterback either. That's so, a game that you're circling later in the year. Cowboys Cardinals. That's going to be a good game. It's be a very very good game. So, um, as far as the Ravens and the AFC, the Ravens and their injury issues and the AFC favorites, stayed all hot and cold. I'm going to talk about it. Trust me, it's my team. We'll circle back to I've it got for it. sure. We will come back to it. So. Recap games for week three. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Ravens. Yeah, speaking of the Ravens, let's just jump right into the Chargers versus Ravens. My overreaction is uh, Baltimore is the best offense in the league right now. That's my wild overreaction. I don't think that's a wild overreaction. When I look at the last two games, I think that's the best offense in the league. When I look at the Colts, the comeback win, all through the air, 442 passing yards from Lamar, and I look at this week, 187 on the ground, 140 through the air, I'm like, this offense can do it all. Three different guys scored rushing touchdowns for the Ravens. They took The Chargers have been arguably the best team in the AFC through five games, and one of the better defenses and one of the better offenses, and they shut them down with, with 16 players on IR with... Marcus Peters being out. Um, I think Derek Wolf is still on IR. Rashad Bateman booted up for the first time. Miles Boykin is still out. Ronnie Stanley just went to IR today. He's having season-ending ankle surgery, which, of course, he hasn't even touched the field yet. He was on IR to start the year, and they're like, we should be able to boot him by week six, and he had a setback, and now he has having surgery again. I, I don't think they're the best offense in the league just because you look at what they're able to get out of out of all these players, like Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, that would have been a stacked team five years ago. Oh, yeah. That would have been Devontae the best Devontae Freeman's running like it's 2016. Like, I yeah. watched a couple. I'm like, give the guy more carries. I'm like, holy cow. I don't know if you can have that sustained level of success um, I would going, agree. going like forward I said, with that weapon. Wild overreaction. Yeah. But I, it's just the, the spin from the two weeks has been crazy to see. You talked about the statement win over the Colts. I think this is more of a statement win. I would agree. Yeah, definitely now. Going to a really good, you know what I mean, playing a really good Chargers team and holding them to nothing and your offense looked good. Holding them to two field goals and putting up 34 on their defense. Lamar Jackson did a little, look a little bit sloppy with the ball. Um, definitely was. Definitely he, was. Four turnovers, I think, in the game. Is that right? He had two picks. I know that for sure. Two picks. And then, okay, you guys had one fumble. Um, so three turnovers. And, you know, not the best performance, but... I think sometimes if you play, if, if one part of your offense doesn't succeed and the other one does and you're still able to get a big win like that, like that's a that's a win. Against a good team as well. Exactly, so I yeah. Think, I think the Colts was Lamar's statement win. I think the Chargers was the Ravens' statement, statement win. win. Like, okay. Because that's always been Lamar's thing is everybody's like, he can't play from behind, he can't throw the ball, he's a running back. So the Colts was huge for Lamar himself, and the Ravens looked – just as good against the Chargers. Yeah, they, no, I saw the fourth quarter of the Colts game for four quarters against the Chargers. They they looked like a button up, well run team. That's for sure. Outside of yeah, outside of the turnovers, definitely was a great game for them. The Chargers, you're still four and two, still at the top of your division. The Ravens are still a good team, and even if even with the injury issues, they're a very well coached team. Like mm-hmm. the Baltimore's had, I believe, one season ending and two other injuries in their secondary. In their in their corner room alone, and they still have no. It was there in the secondary. They still have six DBs on roster that have been in Wink Martindale's scheme for at least three years. Wow! Which to lose three guys and still have six that have been in your scheme for that long is unheard Impressive. of. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Unheard of to have, and I think it's a big part of why the Ravens are still able to succeed right now. So, next game I got is the Browns and Cardinals. Um, I do want to talk about Baker Mayfield at the end of this game. 
Um, okay. The preview we had for this was we talked about the Browns. They're always close in these games, but eventually you got to get over the hump. You've got to get that signature win. And they just came out and they looked flat. They looked like they didn't have it. I don't know. I don't know if it's coaching, motivation, what's going on, but the Cardinals are a really good team. And and my gosh, for how much we hype up that that defense on the Cleveland side, they've let some teams hang some scores on them. Hang, yeah, like hang it on them. Not like oh, they had twenty seven. Like I, yeah. this was a thirty seven point game for the for the Cardinals. Now, in Fairness to Cleveland, um, playing without Nick Chubb hurts. Kareem Hunt obviously gets banged up halfway through the game, I believe. Um, Odell hasn't licked himself. Like Donovan Peoples Jones is your top receiver. And he had two touchdowns to boot. It was a great game for him. the The three guys that had him in fantasy had a week. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. There's just this is why even coming into the year. As a Ravens fan, everyone's like, Cleveland's the, the favorite to win that division. I was like, if if it comes down to a one-to-two game spread, I will take Baltimore every single time because at the end of the day, the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. Right. No matter how talented they are, they still, I still see the flashes from the last 10 years. They need some kind of spark just to get them get something going. I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if somebody calling different plays is going to help. I don't know if it's Baker taking a game off and letting you know because I know he's banged up right now. I, like, I don't think he's going to have a choice at this point because he had a banged up left shoulder, and I try. I think it was JJ Watt or no somebody landed on him. Like he had a banged up left shoulder. He got caught in a throwing motion and like. Landed on his left shoulder with his arm stretched out above his hand. And usually, when you have shoulder pain, that's the thing that hurts. Like, I can only raise my arm up so far. Mm-hmm. It was at full extension, and he had a defensive lineman land on it. Right. Like, he is not going to feel good for the next couple weeks. So, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I think this is a team that needs a bye week sooner than later. Um, very, very true. Just yeah. kind of going in and, and kind of getting that reset on... On the Arizona side of things, man, I mean, A.J. Green looks like the best signing of the offseason last year. Like, if you had told me A.J. Green would be having a better season than Julio Jones on the Titans, I would have said, no way. You're insane. You're crazy. Where's the nearest mental hospital? I'm booking you. Yeah. Right yeah. And and the guy is bald. Like, he has stepped up in some weird spots. Like, you're like, uh, you know, you're like, oh, I wonder who's going to step up today for Arizona. And, like... It's been AJ Green for I, a couple games. I think that's the beauty of their receiving core at this point. I think you know they have a top three receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Christian Kirk's always been dependable. Yeah, AJ Green was at one point a top five receiver in this league, and then Rondell Moore is just a speedster out of Purdue, the rookie of the fourth round pick. So like, it's just it's it's literally it's pick your poison. You want to take one of them away, like somebody's going to go off, and I think that's what AJ Green needed was to not be. Depended not, on not even the number one option, but like the only option. Right. He needed he needed decent guys around him to where he didn't have to have twenty well, targets again. And Chase Edmonds is always good for a couple catches out of the backfield as well. Yeah. It's it's passing offense by committee. That's what it feels like. Which is crazy to say because we 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 kind of the way we're talking about Arizona is the way we used to talk about Cleveland. Yeah. Is you're like, man, they have so many weapons, you you can't stop them all. It's just not possible. And Arizona's shown, like, hey, if you get enough talent, like, this is what we're capable of. And Cleveland on the other side is, I know they've been banged up and they're they're missing pieces, but I mean, 
you got to do better. Players haven't been utilized as well. Like, as much as they've been banged up, Odell has five catches for 79 yards on eight targets. I believe that's his best game of the year, and that's not a great game. Then you look at Austin Hooper, who's like the third highest paid tight end in the game in the NFL right now, had three targets for one catch for four yards. And they spent a second-round pick on David Njoku at one point, who he had two targets for one catch for six yards. So as much as they're talented and as much as I try to give them a, a... you know, a break for being beat up, like guys that they've spent money on or that they went after and got have they they don't utilize. They've underperformed. Hundred percent. Underperformed or been underutilized. You look at it's the guys that just landed there. Donovan Peoples Jones was later on in the draft. I don't even know where Demetric Felton landed from. Anthony Schwartz was a late round pick. Kareem Hunt was a bounce back after Kansas City. City cut him, yeah. And you know, and then I look at all the guys that they went and got when I look at Najoku Hooper uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell, and I'm like, these guys are the the second tier for yeah. this team right now, production wise at least. Jarvis is just always hurt. That's Jarvis been his thing. Up. Let's 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 jump into the Baker Mayfield stuff because there's been like this weird thing of like people feel like Baker's getting attacked right now. Mm-hmm. I know like his wife went on Twitter defending him and all that stuff, which is always a great sign. I think if you are an NFL quarterback at this time, you have to like. The second you get married, on your wedding day, you're like, I'm an NFL quarterback. That means you have to deactivate your Twitter. Twitter. You're okay. not allowed to talk. You don't have an Instagram. Just turn the comments off. Yeah, like, yeah. It's never has it ever panned out for no. any NFL quarterback ever. And I, the thing is, is as much as like people are like, well, he's you know young and developing. Like, like a lot of guys from his class, like Josh Allen. Is about to get is a, paid. He's a superstar. Yeah, Lamar is a superstar. Yeah. Like, like the, some of these guys are going to get their contracts, and I just don't know. Like, he, the thing I – the reason I think this boils down to the Dak Prescott of last year. How much do you pay him? Do you pay him? All this stuff. Dak Prescott has shown that, hey, when we need to go out and win a game, put it on me. I am that guy. I am that guy. I'm yeah. going to go out and win you a game. Where – Baker Mayfield doesn't feel like that guy. No, he looks like if you give me literally everything a quarterback could ever need to succeed, I'll win 60% of the time. And, and you're like, I can't pay you that much money. That's I'm, the issue. I'm going to get hate for this. He feels like Kirk Cousins. Really? That's who he feels like. Like just a 25-year-old Kirk Cousins. Just, with, yeah, really. With a stronger arm. Yeah, with a younger and more accurate. Like, he's more talented than Kirk Cousins, but... Every year, how many times do we go with Kirk Cousins? We're like, oh wow, like this is the year they're going to turn around. He's looked good this year. He's like, he, he looks through four good. games statistically. He's good, but the Vikings are losing to the Bengals on a field goal in overtime. I'm like, right. Win the game. They yeah, you have to win the games. Yeah, like I'm sometimes being a winner matters, and Baker doesn't feel like a winner. No, he doesn't. And I I I loved him coming out of college. I loved his game. I thought he was the best quarterback in that class. Really? When I was and I got. Everyone around me was a huge Sam Darnold guy, and I was like, Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback in this class. Cleveland's going to take him number one overall. And I was ridiculed on air. I said this on our Sports Talk radio show at Butler, too, and I was ridiculed relentlessly. And then we're at a Royals game for, like, a a class field trip, and so, like, I'm watching the draft on my phone, and I'm like, I lost it. I started cussing in the middle of the game. Mm -hmm. It It was great. I was like, they took him at one. I was like... 
Which I was like, you probably could have got him. Because I think they had pick four in that draft, too. And they took Denzel Ward, I think, maybe. Ye- yes, something, yes, they did. Yes, they like did. That. Correct, yeah. and Because and there was my, talk that they might take Saquon one and then just whatever quarterbacks left at four. Yeah, and my buddy was like, why don't you just take Baker at four? He would have been available. I was like, if that is your franchise quarterback, you go get him. Right. He could be a second-round grade. If that's your guy, you go get him. Same yeah, thing just, with the Niners and Trey Lance. You just take it. You take him now before. You don't play games. If you've made your decision, you make your decision. So, I have a weird tidbit on that draft class so i will say that was maybe like my worst predicting draft class ever really? i had josh rosen as the number one guy coming out of that really group. like uh, did you think he was the number one guy or you're like i think the browns are just gonna make the mistake and take him well yeah i thought i thought rosen was the number one. i thought he was the best quarterback outside of his attitude he might have been i had lamar as number two um i have a unique perspective because lamar played in the acc mm-hmm. at louisville so i watched him torch us a couple times couple in the times. dome so I've uh, I kind of saw him firsthand and I was like, yeah, that dude's gonna be special. I had a buddy. Level. I have a, I have a buddy in California. Shout out Drew. That t- like, I don't I didn't know him back around that draft class. I've met him in the last year, year and a half, where he said and guys have backed him up like that. He said that Lamar was gonna be the best quarterback in that class for a long time. I know there's a lot of people like, who crazy. who said that, but That's yeah, like I had him as my number two because I just watched him. I was like. Even if he never learns how to throw a ball, he's such an amazing runner that it might not matter. Yeah. But, like, he's going to hit the shots that he needs to. So, I thought he was number two. Yeah, Baker's the worst, I think, in the worst spot of any of these quarterbacks. Because, like, Lamar's developed. Well, Josh Josh Rosen. Josh Allen's there. But, like, even Josh Rosen, like, he's out of it. Like, he's the spotlight's not on him. Right, yeah, yeah. They're all either really good or they're really bad. Sam Darnold's not really bad. Like, he's kind of in the middle. He's also kind of in the middle, but he's also bounce to a new team like it's a different storyline the, the it, difference right? with darnold is there isn't pressure for carolina to go pay him 45 million dollars next year yeah this or, is or like 40 million it's yeah. like he succeeds he might get a somewhat decent deal or like if he fails he's out of the league or right career backup. back up yeah 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 where it's like yeah baker is getting to the point where there's gonna like I, I mean, unless cleveland breaks the trend they're gonna pay him 35 million dollars a year or 40 million dollars a year yeah i think well, the thing is, is, like, I don't think there's a universe where they can get only 35 for him at this point. Like, Which is crazy. I think some team is going to have to give him 40 to 45 because that's what quarterback contracts are now. They just – it doesn't matter really if you're that good. Like, Jared Goff was at one point of a time the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, and so was Joe Flacco. Right, yeah, that's just like, – Aaron Rodgers has held that title. Patrick Mahomes has held that title. Josh Allen may hold that title soon, but, like, Joe Flacco and Jared Goff are on that list. Somebody, somebody's got to be brave enough to do it. I don't know if Cle- like, I mean, who knows? Baker could turn it around this season, but like, somebody's eventually got to be brave enough to break that trend to of break it. Yeah, because I mean, Joe I'm Flacco didn't work. Yeah, Joe, I love Joe to death, but it was he wasn't talented enough to do it without talent around him. That right. Was the issue, and the second you spend money there, Baltimore's not going to sacrifice the defense to put guys around you. And that's and that's exactly why I think he's Kirk Cousins. When the talent is there, he's good enough to win good enough to get it done you yeah pay. get you get you into the playoffs like that's that's just what i see baker as and that's not a guy you go out and pay now i've been proven wrong i didn't think the cowboys should have paid Dak as much as they did um i was like in that ballpark of like okay if you can get Dak for like 30 million like that'll be the perfect sweet spot yeah. um but boy have i been i mean Dak's worth every penny of that contract originally, this year originally that's what i thought I saw the first four games last year before he went down, and I was like, pay that man. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy. Like, I could have been wrong, and it could have just been a four-game stretch, but I felt like 
Because I was one of the guys that disrespected him for a long time. Where I was like, Dak is not that good. And then, I don't know what it was. That offseason, those four games, I was like... He pulled it together. He is top ten, for sure. So, next game up. Uh, let's talk about... Uh, we're going to go out of order. Let's okay. talk about Raiders-Broncos next. Okay. The least interesting game out of the three we have left. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, what, did, what did you think about this game? Uh, well, I thought it was honestly... I, I th- the reason that I wanted to talk about this game was for a couple of reasons. One, I think it damns Vic, Vic, Vic Vangio as the head coach of the Broncos. I think he's out. I think he's. I think this is like the nail in the coffin. I think they started off three and zero and they've lost three in a row now. Yeah, um, and this last one to a team that just fired their own head coach. Right, and they're kind of scrambling, and they've got their special teams coordinator acting as head coach, but he's still running the special teams. Yeah, the Raiders looked fairly unfazed by this yeah. uh the one thing i will say that i i like from the raiders is they kind of went back to the old ways um josh jacobs was out there pounding the ball getting some solid runs in and then they were kind of setting up the pass game from that it feels like uh it, it feels good honestly i i liked a lot of things that the raiders were able to do in that game but when I look at their offense, it's it's really outside of the offensive line. Obviously, it should be so simple. Like Derek Carr is not a great quarterback, but he's very good, very solid. When I look at the pieces around him, I'm like, I could script the game plan for these guys. Mm-hmm. They have everything. Like they don't have the guy when it comes to their receivers or really even their running backs. Like Josh Jacobs is edging towards there, but like there's still a lot of questions about the durability in certain things but like they have one of each thing like they check i feel like they check so many boxes you say they don't have the guy i feel like Darren Waller is their guy that's true i definitely forgot about Darren Waller so like Darren Waller is their number 1 and it's not ideal to have your tight end be your number 1 target but it works it it works when he's that good it works they have a couple guys that can take the top off the defense. Kenyon Drake is a great option out of the backfield to catch balls, and then you have somebody who you can pound it with with Josh Jacobs. Yeah, like, like I feel like they just have like like I said, there's outside of Waller, there's no like X factor, like really really good guy, but they have a very very solid guy in every box. Derek Carr is very good. Just pound the rock to Josh Jacobs. If you have to throw it to Kenyon Drake, he's available. Just pound the rock, go play action, toss it over the top to Henry Ruggs. Oh, what's that? It's third and seven? Throw it to Darren Waller. Oh, it's a fucking... It's a third and 19, and I need a really good route. I'm going to throw it to Hunter Renfro. The game's right. on the line. Baltimore's in, in Vegas, and I have to win it. I'm going to throw it to Brian Edwards twice a game, and he's going to put us in field goal range to go to OT. I'm like, it's just they have, like, one of everything. Yeah. They have one of everything. They have their route runner, the guy over the top, the physical receiver, great tight end, crown and pound, catch out of the backfield. It's all there. I've I've been hot and cold on the Raiders this year. Like I go, we like, both have. I like hate them, and then I love them, and then I hate them, and then I love them. I I don't like honestly for them firing their coach on Tuesday, whatever it was, Monday, Monday or Tuesday, yeah, yeah, whatever they fired him, and to look this good into a Sunday game, that team wants it. Like yeah. I don't know if that team that that team feels like they're playing around somebody. There's somebody, like, I don't know if it's Derek Carr who's the leader in that locker room. Whoever it is, they're doing a great job, and that, that team looks solid. Um, I think if you're Denver, you're to a point where you got to blow it up. Put Drew Locke back in. Uh, do something different. Yeah, which, like, a lot of Broncos fans were happy when Drew Locke came in after Teddy got knocked out in the Ravens game because they're, like, worlds apart. They're, like, we're so glad that we benched Drew Locke, but, like, we know what Teddy Bridgewater is. Right. I know from six games what Teddy Bridgewater is. I knew what he was coming into this. 
I don't think he's a franchise quarterback going forward. Correct. I think he is a high-end Tyrod Taylor. He's a transitional guy, which, like, he's a guy where I feel like if he was in Cleveland, this team, like, I, wow, you talk about being hated. Mm-hmm. I think the Browns are better with Teddy Bridgewater than they are Baker Mayfield. Wow. That's hot. Wow. But, that's That should have been your hot take right yeah, there. Yeah, that might have been an overreaction as well, just <laughs> off the top of my head. But I just, like... You look at, I mean, I look you, at the game plan. I'm like, why is Teddy Bridgewater throwing 49 times? Yeah, but you can't have that. It's just not going to work. It doesn't work with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> and they ran the ball pretty well this game, but I don't want to spend too much time on this game. You yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't the the most ground shaking game ever, but I, I if I'm just disappointed. I think for the week most by part. week, the AFC West becomes more and more interesting for different reasons than we originally thought through three weeks. Oh, absolutely. Through three weeks, we knew why it was interesting. Now it's different. It's interesting for a whole nother reason. So. You want to keep going out of order? We might yeah, as well at this I'll point. Yeah, I'll, I'll wherever you take me, buddy. I'm okay. going along for the ride. Well, let's talk about the Cowboys and Patriots game. Okay. Um, you mind if I start on this one? Oh, you go for it. I have some thoughts here. What do you got for me? If Bill Belichick listens to this podcast, which I'm sure we're on his weekly list. Yeah, I'm sure Like it's definitely like on his to-do list. He's like, I really need to listen to that on my car ride home today. Hopefully go this is it. the episode. On fourth down, for the love of God, we have lost two games in a row because you're such a coward and won't go for it on fourth down. Like, I just, and Mac Jones feels so good. Like, you see these flashes in the pan where you're like, wow, that was a great play. Wow, that was a great play. Wow, this this feels right. Fire Josh McDaniels. I know I was really hyped about him after the Buccaneers game. We have to get somebody who's going to open up the playbook to Mac Jones. So, well, like, the fact that you guys were in this game, when I, if you just look at the stats, leave the leave the highlights out of it, leave everything else. I'm like, when I look at the the player stats, I'm like, how in the hell were you ever in this game? The Cowboys. When I just look at the quarter, forget everybody else's. Dak Prescott threw the ball 51 times. Mac Jones threw it 21 times. You lost by six. Right. By a touchdown in OT. It was a tie ball game in regulation. Yeah. Well, in regulation, it was going back and forth. Um, I think, yeah, I, I mean, we've got to do something different there. Mac Jones looks legit, and the, and the Patriots is one of those teams, I'm telling you right now, if we if we finish out 8-8 eight eight or something like that miss the playoffs, watch this team next year because this team is dangerous. Um, I, I don't understand what I'm looking. When I read these stats, I'm like, why was this ever a game? Like, Dallas had the ball for 40 minutes compared to your 20... 20- 27 they ran an extra 32 plays they got twice as many first downs they had 570 yards of offense compared to the patriots 340 so usually i'm thinking like okay time possession's the same more yardage more downs like the patriots threw four picks it's a two to two turnover battle right where in the hell did new england ever have their foot in this in the game i don't understand this is crazy i wish i would have watched this game yeah, because this it, is a statistical anomaly. At this, th- point. this game, it was really, it was a really fascinating game. Um, I was able to watch the end of it live. I had to go back and watch the rest of it after the fact. Yeah, but I mean, Jacoby Myers and Mac Jones are getting some kind of Julian Edelman weird connection, kind of a slot speedy guy um, going on there. Yeah, Hunter Henry is kind of showing that he's probably tight end one over Johnny Smith. Um, Neither one of them have been productive as much as we're paying them for. Yeah. Which is disappointing. Definitely an issue. Um, Kendrick Bourne, man, he finally showed up. He showed his flash with the one catch for 75 yards. Yeah. But, yeah, the last three minutes of this game was absolutely wild. Um, 
for me, for on the Cowboys side of things, this is why you paid Dak Prescott. 100%. Four punts, four touchdowns. So every time the Patriots punts, punted, the Cowboys went and scored. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's how you win a game. So Dak Prescott said, you know what? They're still in this. This team's scrappy. We didn't get. They didn't get the ball first in in overtime, and the Cowboys still won. Yeah, and this is another reason why, as much as all my Cowboys fans have talked to me about how good their defense is, this is why you're not. Because when I look at everything the Cowboys' offense did in this game, and I look at the talent, the level of talent on the Patriots' offense compared to everybody else on the field, there is no way in hell the Patriots should have been in this game. And that, to me, is on the Cowboys' defense at this point. You cannot allow 29 points to a Mac Jones-led New England Patriots whose best weapons are Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry at this yeah. point. Nelson Aguilar and Johnny Smith. I mean, you could say whatever three names of the five you want to. Like, yeah. This is not like – if you're talking, oh, the Cowboys are a top five defense because Trevon Diggs has seven picks. This is not a team that should hang 29 on you. At all, I, I would agree with you. The Patriots are better than I think people than the record they shows. Give them credit as well. Yeah, um, I mean, I am a Patriots fan, so there's probably some bias in that. I do think they're they're a pretty good team, though. But yeah, I mean, somebody tweeted during the game, and this made me laugh out loud that Trevon Diggs is the Jameis Winston of quarterbacks. So I would agree. He he gets so in the last like three minutes, he gets a pick six. Right, so he intercepts it, scores a touchdown. Which looks like it almost seals the game. Right, it feels like it seals the game. The very next play is that Kendrick Bourne 75-yard touchdown. we're looking like extra point kickoff, Kendrick Bourne 75 yards to the house past him. Yeah, and that was on, it was all on Diggs' shoulder there. And and you're like, as good as his numbers are, like, you cannot. Like, if you're going to be a true number one. This is what we talked about last week. Right, yeah. Picks look good. I've seen the improvement, but he is... Not a top corner because he's still being like he's the Jaylen high Ra- end plays. Yes, he's a top corner. Yeah. When you look at just the high end stuff, when I look at the low end stuff, I see what defense, what offenses saw last year. The reason that they're attacking him is because of that play that Kendrick Bourne had. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey doesn't let that happen. No, basically that's the difference between a true number one versus a guy who's who's about the play. When Jalen Ramsey lets up a touchdown, it's a seven-yard fade route to a guy like DK Metcalf. Not right. a 75-yard touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. Big, big difference there. Very big difference. But, I mean, yeah, I just, I don't I don't know. That's a, It's a tough loss if you're a Patriots fan. For the Cowboys, I mean, this, is, this makes you feel good. This is a game you should win. It was probably closer than you want, like you said, but you still pulled it out and won because of Dak Prescott. These are the games that build towards the playoffs. Like, the the forty three zero stomps that the Bills have had this year do nothing for you when it comes to the postseason time. What can you do when truly the game is on the line in the game? Yes. two minute drill. The game's on the line. What can you do? Because if you go undefeated the postseason and you allow seven points all year and everything else has been a shutout, when a team goes out and hangs up thirty, when you get punched in the mouth, what are you going to do? Right. And the Cowboys have proven at least two or three times this year that. They respond pretty decently when they get punched in the face. Yeah, they do. This this is a team that yeah, if they're the Cowboys have shown we can play from behind, which is always a good thing that you want to see, especially going into the playoffs. Yeah, hundred percent. That's something I feel like we haven't seen a ton of from Cowboys teams. Usually, they get punched in the face and then they just take the gloves off and get punched in the face four more times. Yeah. So speaking of going on it for fourth down, let's talk about the Bills and the Titans. Yeah. 
another controversial yeah. late game call there by Sean McDermott. I I'm on the side of I would have gone for it on that fourth down play uh, without question. Would a QB sneak have been the play call for you? Mm, maybe not. Um, Josh Allen. If I have Josh Allen, how much time's on the clock? Do you? Remember? I, I don't remember okay. off the top of my I might head. Try to go look and see because um, that definitely drastically changes your play calling ability with timeouts and time left. And so, if I have Josh Allen, though, he's better in space than he is trying to run it up the gut. He's no Tom Brady in that aspect. Hmm. Um, so, if I'm them, I'm calling a shotgun play. Hopefully, he gets an opportunity to roll to his right, find somebody in the middle of the field, or run it in from there. Um, if you're the Bills, you are a little upset that you lost this game, but you know Josh Allen played really, really well. Um, you were actually able to get like a decent run game going. Uh, wasn't too wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Um, Talk about the Emmanuel Sanders pickup. What a great pickup that was for them. A lot of people were talking that like that would uh, that was going to be a good pickup for them, and I was like, I mean, yeah, this you're adding a very talented receiver to a, a receiving core that already has two talented receivers and one of the better arms in the league. So yes, of course it's going to be a good signing. It's just the question is how much is he going to get the ball, and the question has been answered a lot. Right, <laughs> he is. He has been productive. It's so crazy to also look at the beginning of the year to be six games and be like Stephon Diggs is probably going to be the third, like the third target in the offense when you look at production. Yeah, which and is crazy. It's insane, especially after the year he had last year. Twenty-two seconds left when they went for it on fourth down. When they went for it on fourth. I, I got to take a shot at the end zone. I feel like at that point, like I, I don't know, like. So that's I, a tough call. Like honestly, I'm probably taking the field goal if I'm. Now, so... Not on the road. My... Yeah, I guess. In Tennessee. So my philosophy to that is I understand where you're coming from. What my internal decision is, and I would never, ever vocalize this to any of my players. No one would ever know why I make this decision. Where if I feel like my team is truly better than them, I'll kick the field goal, we'll go to a tee, and we'll win. If I feel like this is a game I really shouldn't be in and I shouldn't win, then I'll go for it. Like, if I'm the Patriots against the Cowboys, I'm going for it. Right. But if I'm the Bills against the Titans or against the majority of the league, I'm going to kick the field goal. I'm going to go to OT. I have one of the better defenses going to get a stop. If we if we win the coin toss, I have Josh Allen. I'm going to go score a touchdown win the game. So I, I'm going to disagree with you here. I think your philosophy is right. I think your context is wrong. Okay. Um. If you're the better team, that that's the right thought. If if you're getting stops, so if you're like, man, this defense has done nothing against us all if it's night. The Rams Patriots Super Bowl. Right, exactly. If it's if if this game wasn't thirty one to thirty one or thirty one to thirty four like it was, that's a whole other story. Okay. If it's seventeen to fourteen, you're going okay. Good chance we Actually, get a stop here, and yeah. I'm willing to play the chance there. But Tennessee's offense looked good. Your offenses look yeah. good. It basically at that point you're going. I hope we win a coin flip. Yeah, the so, way Derrick Henry is running, you're kind of are kind of betting on a coin flip. I'll give you that. Fair enough. So for me, I I don't blame him for going for it. I, I yeah, I don't think the QB sneak maybe was the play. The next gen stat says like 75 percent of the time you get that, and 25 percent of the chance you don't. So I mean, the odds were there. Like if you really want to get analytical into the game and I, stuff like I, that. I just feel like it's become such a. We know what's happening. Like mm-hmm. it's a. It's that is the like works seventy five percent of the time. I think the twenty five percent is the most recent because everybody knows it's coming. It's a fourth right. and one. Game's on the line. Fourth and one in any situation. 
Oh, there's a miscommunication from the sideline. I'm going to auto... Oh, look at that. I snapped it, and I ran a QB sneak. QB like, sneak, I yeah. feel like it's becoming predictable. I'm looking for an RPO at that point. Like you Something. said, a shotgun set. Yeah. I'm not... Like, Josh I, Allen looks so good when he has space. And when he is like when he doesn't get pushed out to his left and he's able to either sit in the pocket and go up the middle or run to his right. right. He's naturally. looked he's looked so good. Just, yeah, just run that RP or just a bootleg even. If you want to go left, run bootleg left. Roll the pocket. Yeah, yeah something. Just, Give him a chance. Because I agree. Like with that talent of an athlete. Like it's like if Baltimore came up and not a QB power. Like I'm talking like fourth and one and we were in a QB sneak, I'd be pissed. I'm like, I have Lamar freaking Jackson. Now, I we kind of talked about this before the show. I am not a Denry, Derrick Henry bandwagoner. Um, I know there's a lot of hype for him to be MVP, and, and he's a great running back. And I know people are going to like, oh, man, Tennessee's a legit. There, there they are. There's that Super Bowl contender that we thought we'd be. Yep. You're not going to win playoff games like this. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So I've, I've had a small change of heart. I agree with you in the long run. Uh, it's not going to win you playoff games. I think that it was proven last year. Baltimore allowed 150 yards in the regular season when we played them. Allowed 43 in the postseason and won that game. Granted, off Lamar Jackson's legs and Lamar Jackson's legs alone, we won that game. But it didn't work in the playoffs. What I have had a change of heart with is with the recent injury to CMC and the injury last year and how consistently good Derrick Henry's been, I do think he is the best running back in the NFL right now. Oh, I, I don't I don't have any questions I, about that. I think going into the year, I still said CMC, and I said even with the injuries last year, but like this guy, outside of week one to Arizona, which the whole team put up a stinker that week, outside of that, he has been an animal. He's been yeah. over, 100, over 110 yards in every game. He had 182 and three touchdowns. Single-handedly beat Seattle in Week 2. He ran for 113 against a good Colts run defense. Somehow they still lost to the Jets in OT with 157 and another touchdown. There, there's a great example. It gets to overtime, and Derrick Henry is is less of a factor. He's still a factor, but less I of a factor. This is the this is those two games, the Jets and the Seahawks. The Seahawks it worked. The Jets it didn't. So right. Like, it can work. Don't get me wrong. You have yeah. Derrick Henry. It's gonna work. Not every single time is it going to work. Where I look at Dak Prescott, and I'm like, not every single time has it worked, but they're 5-1 and one Let's, with l- that. Let, let me ask you this. If I told you you could have the best running back or the 10th best quarterback in the NFL, whoever that – I mean, we could put – we could try to figure it out, but pick whoever that is, which one would you take right now? Probably, and, probably the 10th best quarterback. Exactly, and like, that's my point. If I was going to take the running back, it's going to take a lot of extra work to make it work. That's the thing. Like, I'm gonna, right. it have to be, it can't be Derrick Henry at that point. That's the thing. If it was CMC, I'm like, okay, I can throw him the ball a lot. Right. I can scheme a lot of extra things. But, like, Derrick Henry is kind of one. I get that it's a very, very, very strong one dimension. But he is one dimensional, though. In the long run, I do like Mike Vrabel as a coach. I think uh, he motivates. I think they've got their head coach. Yeah, I think so forward. too. I I was worried that if Tennessee didn't have a good year this year, he might get fired. He and, shouldn't. And uh, if Hopefully he didn't, not. somebody would pick him up, and he'd be a great coach there. So yeah. I'm glad uh, glad they're having some success. I hope Tennessee doesn't mess that up because even if they finish like with seven wins this year, and it's a disappointment, I still, with how good he's been, like you don't pass up. You don't flip that quickly. Right, on a guy like this. you've seen the success in your building. Now, if it was like he's been successful elsewhere, it's kind of been a dumpster fire for two years, move on. You have seen the success when he's wearing your colors. You cannot move that quickly. Yeah. So, next up. 
Uh, you're going to read an ad. I am. I always forget. Our only ad today, the solo ad of the show. Oh, nice. Brought to you and sponsored by a Houston-based company. Exotic Pop is known worldwide as the Unique Boots Beverage Boutique. Unique Beverage Boutique. That's my first time messing that up. It's kind of frustrating. I've been. I was three for three before today. Offering rare and hard-to-find flavors of beverages and snacks that are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity and individuality, a distinctly positive movement for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. From hits like the Wu-Tang Pineapple Soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo Cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. So, um, we had a chance, me, Shay, Tyler, and Brendo went down to Atlanta and we were able to stop into a couple shops that had it. I do love that Wu-Tang Pineapple Soda quite a bit. And they had a a DJ Screw Grape Soda, which actually had melatonin in it. Oh, man. Knocked my lights out. I'll tell you what. It's one of the first. I wish that there was more. I need to do some research on that. Because I feel like there are drinks that exist like that that aren't so, like, I don't know how to say it. Like, it's it's much more common than just that. Like, soda Mm -hmm. is like, every soda has caffeine. Most sodas. Right. Like, there's not a lot of drinks that I know of, and I'm a huge, like, I love beverages in mm-hmm. general. Soda, tea, not water. Like, right. literally anything else but water. Anything but water. Yeah. So, but, man, Exotic Pop's got it. They got merch. Their merch is blowing up. All the drinks are good. The snacks the snacks are crazy. Like, the green the green Kit Kats from, like, Japan, they've got mm-hmm. those on their website. Oh. They've got everything, man. Heard those are heat. It is fun to check out. Like, because it's just so crazy, like, the things that are so much different everywhere else, too. So. Hot and cold. Hot and cold. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll, I'll let you go first. Okay, be gentlemen. Um, my cold take: uh, Chargers should win the AFC West. This is not a shocker to anyone. Yeah, I think it's slowly, slowly just becoming if, more and more of a fact. I know they played really bad, so I feel like a lot of people are, might be jumping off that train. Um, but I still think this is their division to lose at this point in the year, just from how everybody else has looked and what's happening in that division. Yeah, I think with saying that. You do have to realize who the guy is that is still playing from behind right now in Patrick Mahomes. Right, yeah. So as much as it is theirs to lose, they have to realize that the comeback king, number 15 in red, is the guy behind I, I don't think they're out. I, I, I don't think the Chiefs are done. I just don't think they can win the division. Fair enough. It's definitely going to be a tough road for both teams at this point. Correct, right? yeah. Yeah, as much as it is the Chargers to lose, you got to realize who that they who they could lose it to. To, yeah. yeah. Um. For my hot, staying right in the same division, um, I've got the Raiders. Still, might be a wild card team. Um, Talk about being hot and cold on the Raiders. I know. <laughs> Here I, we are. I, I wasn't kidding when I said that. <laughs> I, I mean, watching that game, I, I kind of started falling in love with them. I don't know. John what it was. Up, you're like, man, I love this. Team. I love this team. <laughs> I, I thought they would fall apart. Like every team falls apart. Every team falls apart. Yeah, hundred percent. So it, it just feels too easy to like, you know what I mean? Want to throw them out? But if you look right now. So there's seven playoff spots. Right now in the playoff spots, you have Cincy, Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, and then chasing them is Denver, Kansas City, Cleveland, New England. So, I mean, New England New England below, they're out the, at this point in the year. Um, but, I mean, really, I don't think Denver's going to catch it. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to stay. I don't, think, yeah, I, was like, I don't think Pittsburgh can hold it. To, to be fair, Pittsburgh, I don't know what gives them, the, uh, like, you know, there's a article on the tiebreaker scenario why pittsburgh has it but pittsburgh denver kansas city and browns are all tied at three and three in that spot 
Yeah, so I don't think Pittsburgh will hold. There's a possibility that Baker Mayfield is done for the year. We have no idea what the MRI is. I don't think anything concrete has came out at all. Um, They said he still might try to play this week. That's not always a good thing. Yeah. So they that, said that they said it, it might be Case Keenum, but Baker Mayfield, I think, practiced today. That's insane. Because he was he was questionable going into the game, and then yeah. somebody landed on his injured shoulder. The fact that he is not having see that is one thing I will tell you. As much as we may question him, as much as I said Teddy Bridgewater would be better than him in Cleveland, you said he might be Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. You cannot question that kid's toughness. He no. wants to play football for that Cleveland Browns team. And I think that's the one thing that even if he's done, they don't bring him back. He goes somewhere else. Any relative success that the Browns have in the next 10 to 15 years, Baker Mayfield's the one that started it. Listen, this isn't the herd where we're harping on him because he has, like, national... I don't, like, it's awesome. Like, if I thought it was a distraction for him to have all these national... We would talk about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't talk about it because I don't think that's the reason he's not successful. I think his talent is what yeah, holds him back. he hasn't played that well so right. far. But, like, he is the one guy... And being a Ravens fan, obviously, you, I witnessed it secondhand. Closer than, you know, thir- 28 other teams do in this league that... Nobody wanted to play in Cleveland except for Joe Thomas for yeah. 10 to 15 years. And he flipped and the culture. He, he came in. And, of course, every kid on draft night is like, I'm happy to be a Brown. He meant it. Yeah. I, I could feel it. I was like, this kid wants to win. No, it's it's never a question of his heart and attitude when, no, when I – he is a he – wants to, he wants to be a winner. He's the first guy that I've seen that has that mentality that it hasn't translated. I feel like Tom Brady's a winner. He wants to win, and he wins. Yeah. Like I, I think there's I mean everybody wants to win everybody thinks there's the best. Mm-hmm. There's just some people that aren't. You know what that's I mean? True, like yeah. it's I and I think Ryan Tannehill tries really hard. I think Kirk Cousins tries really hard. Like I, it's never a question of their effort or mentality or anything like that. You just have to win. Like that's that's, that's the NFL just win, baby. Yeah, just win. That's, back to the Raiders we go. Back to the Raiders. <laughs> We're always on the Raiders. Yeah, I it, it, that's what it comes down to yeah. is is winning. And the, the NFL is like. In golf, it's really nice because you have a score to put on how well somebody performed on a day, right? Yeah. In football, we don't really, you know, oh, you get a bad break here, you get a bad break here. It's over, all interpretation. All over four years, like, the thing that fixes all of that is your win record, right? Like, winning quarterbacks don't get moved off of, or they get second chances, third chances. Baltimore, 34-6. to six. Mark Jackson did not have a good game. Right. Still won 34-6. So it glosses it. If Baltimore loses 34-6, to oh, my God, the spotlight on Lamar Jackson has never been bigger and it's never been worse. Well, and it's the same thing. Kansas City seeing the flip side of it. When they were winning, nobody cared. Now that they're not, everybody cares. So yeah. winning winning can affect a lot of things in 100%. the NFL. But I, I think the Chargers... <clears throat> Excuse me. I think the Chargers have a good chance of being able to hold on to their spot. I think Cincy does too, um, and I honestly think Kansas City and Cleveland might be duking it out for that last spot in yeah. the wild card. It's going to be an interesting run to the cup. That's for sure. For sure, yeah. So um, my cold take is that uh, John Harbaugh is a really good head coach. I think a lot of people. I mean, obviously, a lot of people know this. It's like I wouldn't say it's a hot take, but I feel like it's it's a take that people should talk about more. I think every single time I hear people talk about John Harbaugh, they put him in like the 10 to 12 range. Like, he's good, but he's not elite. He is an elite head coach in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a top five coach in this league. The The way that their offense has ran since drafting Lamar Jackson has been good. So, 
so the, my stat that I really have to pull from this is there are when you look at IR for teams in this year, the Detroit Lions have 16 players that have on their IR right now. They are 0 and 6. Baltimore Ravens lead the league with players on IR with 17, and they are 5 and 1. Mm-hmm. And of those guys injured, the names being Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Peters, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, L.J. Ford. Just those players, that is just six of the 17 that are on IR for Baltimore right now. Those players totaled about 2,872 snaps last year. And they're still 5-1 and one after losing all that experience. That comes down to coaching, in my opinion. Graded, they've had a couple kick games. Even, like, kick games they should have destroyed that they had to scrape through. Like, the Lions being one of them. Right. But they've also beaten the Chiefs. They beat the four, you know, the four and two Chargers at the time, um, and they four and one Chargers at the time. Four and one Chargers at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they just had good games, and I think John Harbaugh is a very, very big part of that. To me, the way to know if you have a good coach or not is if the Ravens fired John Harbaugh at the end of the season. Let's hypothetical. God forbid. <laughs> would he get a job in the same offseason cycle? 110%. He would get hired. Like, he would have the pick of whatever job he wanted. That's the sign you have a really good yeah, head coach. Yeah, and I think there are teams that, like, aren't decided on firing their head coach, but if John Harbaugh was like, I'm interested in that job, they would possibly move, move off. Yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, the Ravens talked about trading John Harbaugh. Oh, so mad. You, you remember that? Yes. I was pissed. They wouldn't fire him, but somebody would probably, I would trade for John Harbaugh. Like, I don't. Well, if I didn't like my head coach, we have yeah. Bill Belichick. But yeah, yeah you, you, get, you get the point of if like. If I was, I'm trying to think of a team. Literally any team. You can pick a lot of teams. Most teams in this league. If I'm like, the New York Giants, I'd take John Harbaugh. 100%. I'd trade him and I'd. If I'm the Cowboys, I'll give up a first rounder for John Harbaugh. Are you kidding me? Well, I don't know about a first rounder. I'd but do it. <laughs> get I Mike would, McCarthy out of here. There's a reason Mike McCarthy had a year off. Let's that's, just let's say it like that. I agree. That's a very good point. Double edged sword there. So, uh, my hot take, I think it might be time to start talking about this a lot more. I think Antonio Brown might be the best receiver on Tampa Bay's roster. Um, Coming from Mike Evans, who has never had a season below 1,000 yards in his career, and he's played for seven years, and Chris Godwin being the Swiss Army knife that he is, Antonio Brown leads that team in receiving right. Actually, he's two yards behind Mike Evans Mm -hmm. on uh, two less catches and seven less targets. He has the same amount of touchdowns. He's tied with Gronk, which is crazy that Gronk has missed so many games. A.B. and Mike Evans have four touchdowns apiece. Gronk has played three less games and still has four touchdowns. Yeah. Um, But I just – and A.B.'s played a game less than Godwin's and Mike Evans have. Yeah. He's had one bad game this year total. Um, He went off week one against Dallas. He went off this last week. Like, when you look at his game log, he did miss – I believe it was it'd be week three that he missed, and in Atlanta for some reason Atlanta was the game he put up a stinker in. But other than that, he's went over a hundred yards twice. He's hit ninety once, and he scored a touchdown in three of their of the five games he's played. Tom Brady likes to develop relationship with wide receivers. That's why Gronk came with him. I mean, he stand he stood up for AB in New England and again here in Tampa Bay. Yep. So I'm not surprised that their connection is so strong and, and going so well. And um, I think that's why he's able to turn less talented receivers into all time guys. Yeah, like Julian Edelman. He yeah. didn't have a like he didn't have to have a relationship with Randy Moss to be good because Randy Moss was good. Good, yeah. Yeah, you know, he was best friends with Edelman and Welker and then 
That's when they became Dion Branch, yeah, Dion Branch David Givens. I mean, yeah. now I'm naming guys. You from can the name early 2000s. way more names yes. than I can. I can name those three. Dion Branch is definitely at the limit of my knowledge, probably. Yeah, when it comes to those receivers. David so. Givens was Dion Branch before Dion Branch. Chris Hogan. Chris, yeah, six games. So Chris Hogan is like Mike Evans, where a really good deep threat. He does enjoy guys like that. Um, Gronk is a safety net of the red zone. He's gonna get you the seven yards when you need the seven yards. I would, I would really love to see like how good OJ Howard would be if, which actually he had a great game this last week. Just this in week six, he had a great game. Like if Gronk didn't follow, because OJ Howard was a first round pick. Yeah, once upon a time. I think he was pick yeah. 19 in the draft. He was. He was the first round. So pick. I would have loved to see what would happen if Gronk wasn't there, if he developed that Tom Brady doesn't do well with young receivers. That is very true. So Edelman didn't – like the great part about Edelman is he didn't have to play for a long time because we – like Edelman was drafted the uh, when we had Wes Walker. Yeah. So Edelman sat for a while. Brady wants guys who, one, he's no, he knows they're going to make the catch. Two, he knows is going to be in their spot. Mm-hmm. So he loves guys who run great routes and he has connection with. And run the routes that they're supposed to. They're run. supposed to, correct. Yeah. Like he does not enjoy guys that are that free ball or you run know. Run an I mean? extra five yards up before the cut. Right. And stuff yes. Like that. So like I just don't think OJ Howard was probably ever gonna get an opportunity to even grow into it. Well, you know what I mean? Just with where he's at and everything, like you're gonna have to sit a while in order to do that. Or, I mean, or he, practice with Brady a lot. If he plays till fifty, we might see it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> give, him, give him six years. He okay. might. He might be. Yeah. He might be the replacement for Grom. Yeah. I. I do think. Like. I saw it on. I think. I don't remember where it was, but I saw it was like. I think it might be time to start talking about AB being the best receiver on this team. And That's I'm good. Like, that is something you don't think about because when you look for at sure. how good the receiving core is, I'm like, he's the cherry on top. You're like, you run through the offense. You're like, oh, and I have Antonio Brown. Now right. it's like. I have Antonio Brown and then everything else. If Edelman didn't retire or became a free agent, I think he would somehow end up on that team. Oh, when he left, like when he left New England, they're like, "Oh, well, have fun in Tampa." Tampa, right? And then he retired. Yeah. So I was shocked. I was like, "Why not?" I mean, go down and play there for a year. But some people don't like Florida. I can understand that. Yeah, I've read enough news articles. The to Florida man is real. Yeah, definitely is. It just happens to be Tom Brady and Gronk now. They share the role. We are actually doing okay on time for once. We are an hour in. I love it. So we might be able to do all of our pick one this week. Let's um, go. Let's uh, let's run through pump the brakes. You ready? Yes, I okay. am ready. So just to preface, the fan question. Favorites in the AFC. Yeah. How will the Ravens do with their injuries? I kind of talked about I talked about the injuries a little bit. I'm about to talk about them now. This is where this is the answer to your AFC favorites question. Okay, the Ravens should be the favorite in the AFC. Oh, what a nice bow on that! Wow, imagine that. Yeah, just wrap it up real nice. So, this is tough. I want to say yes so bad. I'm gonna say no in the long run. Okay, I am gonna pump the brakes. I want to, and if Ronnie Stanley didn't hit IR as of Monday this week, I would probably say yes. Because that was the big thing for me this year was, like, I looked at five weeks before they played the Chargers. I'm like, Rashad Bateman's coming back this week. Miles Boykin has been out. Which, like, these aren't great contributors. Rashad Bateman has never played a snap. Miles Boykin's, like, our fifth-string receiver. But, like, it's depth, guys that Lamar knows, and guys that he has a connection with. And also, a franchise left tackle, the second, third, fourth best left tackle in the league coming back. Our defense was only going to get better, obviously. Like, we did, we have our injury issues with Derek Wolf, should have been coming off IR recently. We just got Calais Campbell back. 
um, up against uh, Indy. He came back from COVID, and same with Brandon Williams. So, like, Baltimore is just going to get getting better and better. Now with Ronnie Stanley, that's the biggest thing for me. Like, because this means that Andre Villanueva is now the left tackle for the Ravens for the rest of the season. That's a little I, scary. I only – I've watched three of our games so far this year out of the six. The three that have been on TV I've watched. It took me watching the first half against Max Crosby and the Raiders for me to be like, this guy is not going to cut it. Andre Villanueva is not a starting tackle in this league at this point in his career. I thought he was when we moved to Orlando and signed him. I was like, this is the guy I've watched in Pittsburgh for the last six years. I'm like, he's great. He's not a superstar. He's that perfect. He's like, he's 15th. I don't have to pay him a ton, but I also know that I have a reliable guy in the spot. He is not reliable at all. This is, I am terrified to play the Steelers because I know that if Max Crosby can beat the shit out of Andre Villanueva. It's going to look bad. (laughs) DJ Watt is going to have a heyday against him. So as far as them being the favorites, I'm not 100% on board. If the Bills haven't looked as so good up until this week, if the Bills haven't looked so good, maybe, but like... I, I can't say that they're the favorites yet. Okay, let me run you through this real quick. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I agree with you. Bills' schedule left is Dolphins, Jags, Jets, Colts, Saints, Patriots at Buccaneers, Panthers, Patriots, Falcons, Jets. They lose one game. They'll probably lose two or three, just like they got caught yeah, sleeping against the yeah, Titans. Yeah, yeah, you lose a couple. You're looking at like. Maybe two, three Best losses case, left in there. Yeah, yeah. So what? They're at one, two losses right now. Two losses. Two losses. Yep. I'm still looking at. I think worst case scenario, I finish with five. Yep. I'm finishing eleven and six. Okay. Ravens have the Bengals, Vikings, Dolphins, Bears, Browns, Steelers, Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. That's a hell of a lot harder than the Bills schedule. Yeah, like, it all depends on Baker Mayfield and Big Ben's health of how crazy that division is going to get. But, like, Cincy is a playoff contender. Legit. They're they a legit team. Legit. Don't sleep on Cincy. I mean, the Browns twice. You got the Packers in there, and then you got to play the Rams on top of it. That is not an easy stretch of games Definitely right there. Not. And that's another thing. Like, I saw the Panthers. I feel bad for Sam Donald. They've had the easiest schedule through week six, week six, and you look at the rest of the year, the Panthers tough. have the hardest schedule through the rest of the year. So I think they're three and three through six games on the easiest schedule, and now they have the hardest the rest of the way. So schedules matter in the long run as well. So Perfect. Let's uh that that'll just jump beautifully into our next one. There we go. The Panthers and the Broncos were the biggest fakers of the undefeated teams. Um I would agree. Started 3-0, and and then they're 0-3 in their last three weeks. Yeah, I think the Broncos are bigger fakers to me, to be 100% okay. real. Because you looked at their schedule. They played the Jags, the Jets, and the Giants through three weeks. So yeah. they're like, oh, they're undefeated. First of all, it's three games. Let's chill. Like, even with six games, I'm like, we just talked about it earlier. Six games does not – 6-0 and does not mean the Cardinals are the favorite to win Correct, the NFC right. this point. So 3-0 and is a far cry for me in the favorite to even win your division – 3-0 against the, the 0-9 Jets, Giants, Jags is nothing. It means nothing to me. So the Broncos, I were definitely there. And the Panthers, I would agree. I think there's still a lot of learning curve with Sam Darnold. He feels like a rookie still. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the, the years in New York were just like extra years of college, but they weren't. You didn't develop any. Like, I think I think Christian McCaffrey getting hurt definitely has, hurts. has affected the the Panthers significantly. If nothing else, it hurts the morale. Like that right. is that's the leader of your team. 
That is our team captain, you know. So morale-wise, they're banged up. Health-wise, they're banged up. And they don't have an easy schedule the rest of the way either. So even if I didn't say they were, they're going to look like it by the end of the year. Because I'm thinking they're 3-3 three and three right now. I think they're lucky to finish with six wins, to be honest. I would them. agree. Next, Next up, I've got the Zach Ertz trade will put the Cardinals over the top. I'm going to pump the brakes here as well. Um, We talked about how good A.J. Green was earlier. Like, this is... I don't think this was an offense that was missing anything. They're 6-0. If any... Like, I don't know where the gap would be. Maybe, oh, I mean, you can never stop adding to your offensive line. So I feel like that would have been the trade. Like, Max Williams hasn't been terrible. He's been banged up here and there. He hasn't been terrible. And your defense is been it's been good but like like I said outside of their edge rushers of Buda Baker not a ton of star power not a ton of even role player power honestly even in your corner room but they've played well so and also I think this is a team that there is no such thing as pushing them over the top at this point I think there is one man it, that can push them over the top at this point and I think it's a guy that's in their building and to me it's Cliff Kingsbury I think okay. if I saw I saw one, and I think this is an overreaction. I think I saw a thing, it might have been a TikTok this week, it was like, if the Cardinals don't make the NFC title game, or if they flounder out at any point during this year, you have to fire Cliff Kingsbury. And I was yeah. like... We talked about it earlier. I, I kind of said this is Cliff Kingsbury's make it or break it year. Yeah. Do you think he should be fired if they don't perform well the rest of the year? If they, if they somehow miss the playoffs, I think he should be fired. But if okay. they make the playoffs, I think that's a step in the right direction for okay. him. Fair enough. Yeah, I would I would agree with that take because I was like, ooh, let's calm down. Like, I feel like he hasn't been terrible, but I don't know. I didn't like his whole start in Arizona, to be honest with you. The whole Josh Rosen's our guy, draft Kyler Murray two weeks later thing kind of mm-hmm. stung me. Like, I understand. So but- that was less of him. That was uh, Steve Keim, their GM. Mm-hmm. He drafted... Uh, I mean, they fired Todd Bowles. Yeah. They drafted Kyler Murray, and they said, "Who is who is the guy?" Like, or they brought in Cliff Kingsbury first. But if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you they did that knowing full well they were going to take Kyler Murray with yeah. the first overall so, pick. And I'm not saying that you have to go out there and just tell the media like, "Oh, Josh is a bum. I'm drafting Kyler." Like, right. Just don't tell me that Josh Rosen's the guy. You have to. You have to. Because otherwise you end up with a Ben Simmons situation. If you trash your quarterback, you trash your superstar. I don't trash my quarterback. I'm just like, we're keeping all options open. I'm taking the Bill Belichick out. I know. All right. Joel (laughs) Embiid blamed Ben Simmons for one play. One play. And he said that was the momentum swing of the game. Ben Simmons all of a sudden was like, I want out. (laughs) You're and you're gonna say here that a quarterback's ego is stronger than that? Not even that, but like Josh Rosen's ego, ego especially. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, no way. I love it. I, you, I, like, I, there's just no way. You like, keep me honest, Tim. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, there's just no shot that you have to like. <laughs> yeah. You have to sit there and lie. Like, fair enough. I don't, maybe you word it different. You know what I'm saying? Basketball like, stars have big egos. Quarterbacks have yeah. an ego of a whole NBA franchise. Yeah. Like. I, I just word it differently. If, you know, like... Do I think Cliff Kingsbury's, like, the greatest coach ever? No, but... Do you I, think it's a bad thing if he was, like, Josh Rosen's our guy, but we're keeping our options open? Yes, Is I think it's horrible. Horrible? Okay. <laughs> because let's say let's say Kyler Murray in a pre-workout tears his ACL. Ooh. And now, you know what I'm saying? So you can't... You have to be... 
Bef- you never push your chips in the middle until you see your hand. You don't talk about advancement until it happens. Until it happens. We talked about this earlier. Be Fair somebody enough. who moves in silent. Make moves behind the scene before you talk about it. Don't don't be somebody who's like, oh yeah, we're gonna take Kyler Murray no matter what, and then the next week he's gonna be playing pick up basketball and break he's, a leg or, or something. Or he's like, I'm gonna go play baseball. I'm gonna go Let's, play baseball. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we forget about <laughs> that's that even whole more. Yeah, that's all. You, you have to play that so carefully. And until you have him in your facility and he's alive, you don't say he anything. Has signed jo- the dotted line. Yes, yeah. Josh Rosen is your dude at that point. Fair enough. I'll take that. All right, let's. This I'm so excited for this one. Who Eagles <laughs> can be a Super Bowl team next year? I did not read this up until this. Like I oh, didn't really? read that one. So you want me to? You want me to talk about it? <sighs> I kind of want to think and try to give an answer, and then I, I do. I know you wrote this for a reason. Mm-hmm, I did. So. When I look at this, I'm going to pump the brakes. Okay. And there's one huge reason why, and I really don't have a fallback option if you debunk my one reason. My one reason why is I don't think Nick Sirianni can get them to a Super Bowl at this point. I'm looking at the play calling, and I'm ever so curious. We talk about relying on your quarterback too much, not establishing the run game, putting a lot on a young guy's shoulders, and then being like, why did you fail when he throws 50 times a game? When I look at the Eagles, I see a team that actually has a decently healthy offensive line for once. And I see a team that is like second in yards per carry when you look at the team's rushing stats. Yeah. But a team that is bottom five in rushing attempts. So that's a huge red light to me. And another thing is, is as good as the offensive line's been, and they haven't got super banged up, they're known for injuries. And I think outside of Lane Johns, like Brandon Brooks is 34, 35. Jason Kelsey is 35. And Jason Peters still on roster or no? I think so, yeah. He's 39. Yeah. And Lane Johnson's not a young pup either. He's still very, very good, but he's 31. So He like, just got back to the team. Yeah. So the offensive line, as if they're all healthy, is probably a top five O-line unit in the league. But with the health and the age, that's a huge question mark at the end of the sentence. So tell me why I'm wrong. Okay. So... <laughs> Couple of, of theories here. Let's okay. let's talk about the big thing they have going for them. Okay. So they're on pace, assuming Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt. They're going to have three first rounders next year. All in, of them in this coming up draft. In the next upcoming draft. Okay. So they're going to have the Miami pick that was in the trade for Miami to move up with them. They took Miami's pick. Miami's pick is on pace to be the fifth pick right Which now. Which trade was that? Um, was that just this last year, the swap with correct. So, the Niners so, as well? So Miami moved back to the Niners spot to 12, and then they traded back up with Philadelphia to go back up to 6. Philly went to 12, 12. and took this year's first rounder from Miami. Wow. So they're going to have a, the fifth pick, their own pick, which is on pace to be the ninth pick, and then assuming Carson Wentz doesn't get injured, and plays, you know, he, at this point His we're six count. weeks in, and he only has to play 75% of the snaps, or not even the snaps, the games. Mm-hmm. Um, then you'll have the Colts pick, which is currently the 11th pick. Yeah. So you have three picks in the top 15. So you can do a couple of things. One, try to put a lot of great pieces. So draft an offensive lineman. You can draft a defensive player in there. Draft another receiver. Draft whatever you want, really. You got three first rounds. The world yeah. is yours. The world is yours. So, however, especially with a quarterback already decided. Yes. So it's a free game. So you have a lot of ability to take the best available guys that are ready to play right now in whatever position and you there's, need. There's always that one guy that's a top five talent that slides. Like Micah Parsons was slid to ten eleven mm-hmm. last year. 
they have a chance to get two of those guys. Now, let's say hypothetically, another wild scenario here. You say you call up the Texans and you say, "Listen, you know, Deshaun Watson scenario still a mess. You guys haven't done anything with him. He hasn't played all year." What if we gave you our first round pick and the Colts first round pick and we'll give you a future pick in there too. And the Texans go, "Sure." So now you have Deshaun Watson and a top 5 pick. That's crazy. Or yeah, you know what I mean? How talented that quarterback room would be? Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew all yeah. on the same roster. So so even if they they have enough, now they have enough buying power, you probably don't have to give up all three of these first rounders this year. Probably so not. you're probably going to end up with a top 15 pick and a quarterback if you want. Yeah, a lot of uh, like, definitely some interesting scenarios you're pulling up out of nowhere. You you could like if if you're the if you're Howie Roseman, you're like, man, I look like a genius. Not right even now. that. Like you could take so say they all land at five, nine, and eleven. You could take nine and eleven and go to six. Like say they're like, man, there's we really two guys whatever. I really like, and yeah. they're both on the board at five. I'll you know, or you could I don't know exactly how high you could go up. You could package two of those picks, go up, still get two really good guys. Like the the world is theirs. I am not a fan of packaging two current top, picks. Yeah, to go up, to go up unless, personally, unless it's a quarterback. If you're going to get somebody that's franchise changing, but for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of it. If it's, unless uh, it's two later rounds. Now, mind you, I also think the Colts are better than they're playing right now, so I don't think that pick will stay as low. But it might. It very well could. There's potential of that. Um, I think Miami's kind of in a situation that they're in right now, so I don't think I don't think that's going to get any that, better. Yeah, I like I can't see that team, and I don't see them getting any better. So they're probably going to have two really solid picks. Yeah, so I would still pump the brakes even after this. Now, if you said the Eagles can be a Super Bowl team in the next five years, I'm like, fly it. Yes, yeah, I'm with you. I don't see. Now, again, it doesn't mean it's not impossible. I can't see them getting that aggressive when it comes to Deshaun. And also, even if they get the three best, most ready, available guys to start next year, I don't, like, when, like we talked about this earlier, when does a rookie ever come in and, like, Super Bowl success go? At at quarterback, it's very different. Tristan Wirfs last year filled in great for Tampa Bay as a rookie. It's true. Do you think they'll ever slide him to left tackle? Uh, I, I, I mean, most of the time, if you don't, I mean, sometimes it happens, but very rarely do, do you end up starting your career at right tackle and then finishing at left. I don't know. It's very, it's also very, very weird to have like a superstar right tackle. Like, yeah, it's, you have superstar left tackles. They matter. Like Jack Coughlin for Tennessee and Cleveland has done a good job. Like he's, he's been a difference maker. True. I mean, I would take an all pro like Quentin Nelson at guard over you know what i mean over a lot of like right tackles yeah exactly but i, too, yeah. I love the pull game it just yeah just, well i don't know about a that. one trap but I'm pulling guards every it, play it just depends on how you use it we've yeah. talked about like we are firm believers in you just want your offense of line to be average i wouldn't mind having one top tier guy no no but no. to be average most of the time you have overall. to you have to have a guy that's an all pro yeah that's true and you prefer you prefer it to be your left tackle yeah you want your anchor, like you want Baltimore's O line when they're healthy. Right. I have Ronnie Stanley. I have Ben Cleveland. I have the, I have my six guys that can play my guard spots, and one of those guys will play center. I have Kevin Zeitler, and then I have whoever the hell is going to play right tackle. Like Baltimore's a piece away, kind of, from being it. But like yeah. franchise left tackle, I have four to five guys that can fill my two spots at left guard and center. 
I have Kevin Zeitler, who's a very solid right right guard, and then I have a massive gap at right tackle, which is obviously an issue. I think Jawan James being healthy would solve that problem. Andre Villanueva is not the fucking guy. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So for the Eagles, like, it's definitely a possible. I, it's it's not crazy to me. I love you because you come up with these things. Like when we talked about Deshaun going to the Steelers, and then literally four days after, Rich Eisen talks about it, and I'm like. You just come up with things before other. This is one thing that I've always struggled with, so it's twice as cool to me to see. Is like I watch things and I'm like, I have a different opinion. I'll talk about that. You come up with stuff that people don't talk about. I, or like I we I, talk about it and then somebody else talks about it. My favorite thing is just being a GM. Like I think that would be the greatest job in the much world. More creative than I am about. Oh, it. I would fire my head coach. I draft a quarterback every year. I'd hire. <laughs> I'd hire the guy from college that goes for it on every fourth down, and they don't You're ever kick that up. Guy? I'm he, immediately first thing I do is hiring him. <laughs> People think it's wild. Like I'm like, if it works in baseball, why can't it work in football? Go all in on the analytics and just go for it. And then Moneyball. And then if I'm like in a scenario with Baker Mayfield, I'm trading him. Like in this off season, if I don't like, if I don't think he's the dude, I'm trading him for whatever I can get. I would and, agree. And just draft QBs until one hits. There's some team out there that will take a shot on him. Like, there's a chance that the Eagles are that team. I'm a firm. So Jalen Hurts for Baker Mayfield and some other pieces around it? Yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you don't have, like, a top nine QB. So, like, I want my QB to be better than Matt Ryan, better than Derek Carr. Like, like Dak Prescott's probably that line of, like, you can build a team, a Super Bowl winning team around a guy like Dak Prescott. But... Or or you get a guy at a budget. It depends. Yeah, it depends on how good your team is around him. Because like, I could take a Matt Ryan, Derek Carr if I have if I have the Cleveland Browns, I can take that guy. But then you pay him, and then you can't have those guys. That's, that's true. That's, that's what happened. We've seen this story repeat so many times, where it's like they pay Joe Flacco. Well, now you can't have the talent around Joe Flacco, so he falls apart. Yeah. And then Matt Ryan, you pay Matt Ryan. Now you can't have the talent around Matt Ryan. The team falls apart around him. Yeah. It's like these middle tier guys that you pay a lot of money to. It's like they lose all their talent, and then they're not top tier guys anymore. How did the Falcons ever make the Super Bowl with how terrible their defense is? Kyle Shanahan was their offensive coordinator. That's, uh, you know, like I said, you have the answer for the thing. I don't know what this is. That's, I mean, that's my opinion. I, I think that is a very solid answer. If there ever was one, that's it. I do. Let's just skip our last pump the breaks because we're at 120 right now, and I want to do some of these pickums. <laughs> on time? Burned it. Burned just it. Like yeah, that. it's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Never talk about it until it's done. Tim. Done. Yes. There it is. We'll probably skip one of these two just just to try to keep it on pace. I'll try to go quick through one. Yes, this this question is inspired. Uh, my buddy texted me and asked me who I thought the best team below five hundred was. Okay. Um. So we're just going to do the NFC for this one. So pick one, three, and three team to make the playoffs in the NFC. So you have the Vikings, Bears, and Panthers. Um. Let me pull it up real quick. But okay. I believe right now in the NFC. So yeah, so the sixth seed is the New Orleans Saints at three and two. Minnesota's in the playoffs at three and three. Chicago Bears are in the or just outside at three and three, and Carolina's just outside at three and three. Um, I think this is a pretty easy decision. Okay. I think it's the safe decision. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. I think the Panthers have the hardest schedule, and it's still a work in progress, I think, with Sam Darnold, as good as they've looked. Now CMC was healthy. Be a different story, right? But with the toughest schedule on the stretch, still developing a quarterback, trying to figure out what he can do, not you know seeing what he can do, but like we're still trying to figure it out at this point is an issue. When I look at the Bears, I betting on Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields. 
I don't think the success comes this early. And also, it's not entirely up to Justin Fields. There yeah. could be a week where he throws two touch two touchdowns and three picks and gets benched for Andy Dalton or Nick Foles because Matt Nagy's an idiot. So Yeah, Matt Nagy's the, the wild card with the Bears yeah. and, and they have a rookie QB, so it's, it's there's tough. gonna be up and downs with this. So the Vikings I think if they can get their defense plan back to where they were three years ago, the run game's there. Kirk Cousins has looked okay. Adam Thielen's there. Jack Con- or not Jack. I'm trying to remember their tight end's name. Tyler Oops. Conklin? Tyler Conklin, yeah. Irv Smith went down. Yes, Irv so Smith Conklin's is down. Tyler Conklin's filled in. He's played pretty solid. And obviously, Justin Jefferson looks as good as he did last year. So, I'm going to go with the Vikings. 3-3 three and three to make the playoffs. Uh, if you had to make me pick out of one of the two remaining teams, I'm probably actually going to pick the Bears, uh, just because I think that division's a little bit easier. It's, it's either going to be the Vikings or Bears. I think the Panthers, I think at this point, are out. If the schedule wasn't as hard and or CMC didn't go down. Yeah, I would, I, I'd pick the Panthers. I love Matt Rule. I think he's a great coach. I love what Carolina's doing, but yeah, I'm going to go with Bears do think, here. Do you think if they finish below seven wins, he's on the hot seat after this year? No. I would agree. Not yet. I don't think so either. I think he gets I think one he more might, year. But I don't think he should be. No. He, he's got one more year. This owner wants to win a Super Bowl in Carolina. So it's always good. They also gave him a big fat contract. And sometimes it's hard to cut a check to a coach that you, you got to pay a lot of money to to let go. Very true. Um, we're going to skip that one. We'll go with. That's pick- the one I was excited for. Darn. Oh, you want to do that one? I do. Oh, let's do that one. Okay. I'll try to make it quick. Okay. Pick one non-QB to start your team with. Now, this question becomes much easier if you answer me one question. Okay. Is this, like, I'm starting a franchise today, this is this player today, or I get them from their rookie year through? Um, That's, ooh, that's a tough one. I would say, let's say ageless. So you get you get to know what they'll be at their prime. And, and I take them in their rookie year. In their year. rookie year, right. That's currently in the league? Currently, yeah. I, w- I would say currently in the league. A safe pick is Aaron Donald, obviously. Right. Why would I not just secure a top five defensive player of all time? Mm-hmm. But it... No, I'm going to go Aaron Donald. Because I'm okay. thinking, like, I was like, I'd go Derrick Henry, but, like, running backs are replaceable, receivers, and, like, I have to have a decent quarterback to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins or Julio. Surprising as it may be, Aaron Donald's my safe pick. If I were to pick a wild card out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Now, do I have a chance to influence this player's behavior and like how things happened in their career, or does it fly the same? Because if it flies the same, it knocks him out. Uh, I would say, I mean, I mean, organization matters, so if you want to run a tight ship organization, I would say you have a chance. There's no guarantee. I, if I could go back, draft Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. and keep the fall off from Vegas to New New England down to Tampa from happening. And I keep him, and he plays the way he did in Pittsburgh. And obviously the, the, the steady decline happens eventually. Right. But we see everything, and it continues, and there's no breakup. Yeah. He is a guy that I would definitely consider as well. Now, very risky to pick a diva wide receiver as one of those guys, but I don't think – uh, like I don't think I ever realized how extremely good he was when he was in Pittsburgh. I was a big AB hater, but I was a Ravens fan. It's easy to do that. So. I am going to go with Jalen Ramsey. That's another guy I thought about. So sure. I would, I mean, I'm kind of glad you picked Aaron Donald so we could stay on the same team. Um, I'm a firm believer that I would rather build a pass, prote- or not pass protection, pass, rush. pass coverage first before I build a pass rush. I think it's easier to build pass rush 
by committee than it is Correct. pass coverage by And there's committee. so many guys now that are able to move and run that it's like, even if you get a pass rush going, there's no guarantee that they're, you're going to even be able to get to the, the guy. The Rams have had games where they have zero sacks. Right. It happens. And Yeah, it's becoming more common, and I'd rather have a guy that I know is going to be able to lock somebody up for a 90-second, two, three-minute play that's going to hold hold guys out and, and completely shut down their number one guy. Yeah. Aaron Donald, I pick him because he is just simply that good. I thought about left tackle. That was like the other tempting one. Definitely possibly like Trent Williams for his entire career. Yeah, right. I would, yeah, I would take that. And as important as offensive line is, at the same time, I'm like. Andrew Whitworth is another guy. Yeah, I can see that's a long career, too. Yeah, he's been good for a long time. That is definitely another. We just sound like Rams fans whenever we do this. Um, Hey, man, we didn't mention a Cowboys player. That's a win. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we did true. pick a Cowboys player. CD so. Lamb would be the wide receiver I would take right now if if we were including age. Okay. I think yeah. He, if if I had to pick a guy that like you get them from right now, so like I'm not picking a 31 year old Aaron Donald. Because mm-hmm. he is. That's four or five years probably tops. Right. CD's definitely up there. Um. I don't know if there's a defensive guy that would stand out at this point. Not, Usually you not don't, yet. You don't establish yourself defensively like that. Not 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 maybe. early at least. I'll tell you what, I ain't picking Trevon Diggs. No. Nope. I'll tell you that. So Neither would CD's I. there. Maybe like a Tristan Wirfs, Ronnie Stanley guy would definitely be up yeah, there. Yeah, Tristan well. Wirfs a good one. I'm flipping him to left tackle. I don't care. If uh, it doesn't work, I'll move him back. But. Yeah, you, you have nothing to lose by putting him there for at least a year. Got to experiment. Let's jump into the previews here. Okay. Um, Really, really uh, kind of a bummer week next week. Yeah, like I said, now, as much as it may look like a bummer week, there'll be some game. There is going to be a game that no one expects. Like I said, what did I say? Jets. You said Jets-Patriots you think is going to be For the game. For some reason, gonna be the same. it's going to be 36-29. Yeah, like overtime or something. Yeah. Something weird. But this, I'm so excited. I need to check and see if this game's on TV. Ravens and Bengals is going to be the first game. Um, obviously, AFC North a lot, a lot to prove there within division. Division. I think the Bengals have something to prove here if they want to show their playoff contender. One hundred ten percent. If they do not at least hang around, it looks right. bad. It looks very bad for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing I'm looking for, like you said, a lot to prove if you're the Bengals. Also for the Ravens, this is being at five and one. This is their first division game this entire year they have Mm -hmm. not played any team in their division so it looks good being at five and one but at the same time i would really love to be five and one in my division games i'd love to get all six of them out of the way be five and one and know that i've got that part taken care of so baltimore continue to roll play like you have the last five quarters of football play it in for another four and you'll get out with a win and and the biggest thing if i'm baltimore i want to see if they can shut down jamar chase because that dude has looked like a unit so and far this I, season. I want to put Joe Burrow not on the ground. I want to make him uncomfortable. For the very least, not yeah. Not let him sit back there because he will tear us apart. Yeah, he's he's looked legit. So I think there's there's quite a bit there. Um, Chiefs-Titans. Um, if the Titans lost, this game's a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs... This, this could be a momentum swing. So, one, I think if you're the Titans, you beat the Bills, and then you beat the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks. All of a sudden, you go from 2-3 and three to 4-3, and three, and holy cow, you've never felt better about two wins in your entire life. You feel like a really legit team. Yeah. Um, if you're the Chiefs and you lose, 
man, you're digging yourself a really deep grave here, and it's going to be hard to dig yourself out of. Yeah, and, and it three and four isn't a huge grave to dig. It is, but it isn't. I think the biggest grave that you dig yourself out of is like morale wise, like yeah, from the highs that you've been at, and not only the highs that you've been at, but like the consistency of highs that you've been for the last three to four years. Even last game, the the Washington football team was in that game for a good chunk of the game. And then it was like, last 10 minutes, Patrick Mahomes turned up the heat and it was over. Turned back back the clock a year. Yeah. We saw what we usually saw. So, it's definitely a big bounce back game for both of those teams. I'm excited to watch the Ravens and the Bengals. And like I said, I guarantee you that there will be one game that ends by a field goal in overtime this week. Yeah, for sure. There's going to be there's always an interesting the least game. possible game. Who do the Jags play this week? That's that's what I want to. Hey, know. the Jags won last week. Don't leave 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 my boy Trevor Lawrence alone. I want to know who they play cuz I feel like that's the barn burner. They might be on a bye. Probably are knowing my luck. And they are on a bye next week. <laughs> Why not, right? It's a huge there's a lot of six six teams on a bye week I feel we like is switching to the 17 game season. Yeah. It's very different. I remember doing my I guess my that fantasy. doesn't change anything too much, but... I, I remember just... I feel like just a lot of them aligned. I was doing my fantasy draft, and I was like, every player I want to draft is has a bye week in week seven. Like, I physically had to pass up on guys because they had week seven buys. See, I'm one of those people that I'm like, screw it. Like, I'll just deal... I'll lose. I'll lose a game. Like, to a certain extent, I will. Like, I'm not going to pass up on a certain guy if the guy below him is really that big of a difference. Or, like, if I have one week... Se- I'll draft a second one, but, like, it was the point where I had two... And I was looking at three guys available, and two of those three also had week seven buys. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that's okay, brutal. I'm not doing this now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting week of football, I think. Interesting is the best way to put it. Yeah. Nonetheless. Anything else? No, I think that's. I think we're going to put a nice bow on this episode. I love it. I hope we get to talk about that pick one next week because I do like the one that we skipped. As well, well, we'll we'll get to them. Like, and I think I think as these games go on, we'll spend less time talking about last last week's games because there there'll be less games. So yeah, there'll be less games to talk about, and teams will start figuring each other out. It's going to happen. Or you have division games. Like I said, we can't talk about Baltimore much longer because six of their remaining eleven games are against the same teams. Right. Yeah. So. So we'll, we'll find some interesting things. Um, if you guys have any questions, want to tweet us, um, we, we keep our DM boxes open. We'll respond to anything. Yes, um, piss warm takes and Owen underscore Burke. That is B-E-R-K for those still who do I mean, it took a lot of people a long time to yeah. remember how to spell my last name. So. And if you just search piss warm takes and there's a guy flipping you off, that's, uh, that's me. That's Tim. So. That was still the great. Like, I, lo- I was at work, you followed me, and I was like, Oh, okay. Like, I just, I didn't think much of it. And then I looked at it after work, and I was like, oh, it's Tim. Sweet. Awesome. Made my my personal account private, so. I love it. Sports takes only on that one. Nothing nothing boring. Two separate lives. Yeah, I keep my, well, I mean, like, I like to say I keep my boring stuff on there, too. But, like, I really only talk about sports on Twitter. (laughs) There is no boring stuff. Yeah, I'm a sports personality 24-7. There you go. Yep. That's going to do it for week six. Seven. Week seven. So we're, yeah. No, dude, six. I think, I think you're right. I, I don't even know at this point. Now, now I'm questioning myself. This, this is six, episode six. This is episode six. Okay. Yeah. Episode six. See, we know, guys. I'm glad I didn't say it at the beginning of the show. That would have been a rough way to start. I'm okay yeah. with a rough ending every once in a while. So we'll see you guys next week. Week seven of football this week. Week seven of the Owen Show next week. Week six. We're out. Stay safe. Stay healthy. See you guys next week.